Jamuna Tira Manachari Jamuna Tira Manachari 
Saraswatim Vyasam Tato Jayamudirayet Nasta Prayeshu Abhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya 
ಭಗವತಿ ಉತ್ತಮ ಶ್ಲೋಕೆ ಭಕ್ತಿರ್ಭಾವತಿ ನೈಷ್ಟಿಕೀ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತಂ ಕ್ಯಾಂಟೋ ಒನ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ನಂಬರ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ ಟೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ನಂಬರ್ ಟ್ವೆಂಟಿ ಒನ್ ದ ಕಾನ್ವರ್ಸೇಷನ್ ಬಿಟ್ವೀನ್ ನಾರ್ಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವ್ಯಾಸದೇವ್ ಪ್ಲೀಸ್ ರಿಪೀಟ್ ಹಂತಾಶ್ಮಿನ್ ಜನ್ಮನಿ ಭವಾನ್ ಮಾಷ್ಟು ಇಹಾರ್ಹತಿ ಅವಿಫಕ್ವ ಕಷಯನ ದೂರ್ದರ್ಶ ಅಹಂ ಕೂಯಿನ ಹಂತಸ್ಮಿನ್ ಜನ್ಮನಿ ಭಾನ್ ಮಾ ದ್ರಷ್ಟು ಇಹಾರ್ಹತಿ ಅವಿಫಕ್ವ ಕಾಶಯನ ದೂರ್ದರ್ಶ ಅಹಂ ಕೂಯಿನ ಹಂತಸ್ಮಿನ್ ಜನ್ಮನಿ ಭಾನ್ ಮಾ ದ್ರಷ್ಟು ಇಹಾರ್ಹತಿ ಅವಿಫಕ್ವ ಕಷಾಯನ ಕಷಾಯನ ದೂರ್ದರ್ಶ ಅಹಂ ಕೂಯಿನ I'll just say the verse and then we'll do the word for it. Hantashmin janmani bhavan namang drashtumi harhati avipakva kashayanam durdarshoham kuyoginam. Word for word. Hanta, O Narda, asmin this, janmani duration of life bhavan yourself ma not mam me drashtum to see iha here arhati deserve avipakva immature kayasha kasayanam material dirt durdarsha difficult to be seen aham i kuyoginam in incomplete service translation and purport by his divine grace ac bhaktivedanta swami shilapopad ki jai please repeat o narada the lord spoke I regret that during this lifetime you will not be able to see me anymore. 
Those who are incomplete in service and who are not completely freed from all material taints can hardly see me. Oh, Narda, the Lord spoke. I regret that during this lifetime you will not be able to see me anymore. Those who are incomplete in service and who are not completely freed from all material taints can hardly see me. Purport. The personality of Godhead is described in the Bhagavad Gita as the most pure, the supreme, and the absolute truth. There is no trace of a tinge of materiality in his person. And thus, one who has the slightest tinge of material affection cannot approach him. The beginning of devotional service starts from the point where one is freed from at least two forms of material modes, namely the mode of passion and the mode of ignorance. The result is exhibited by the signs of being freed from kama, lust, and lobha, covetousness. That is to say, one must be freed from the desires for sense gratification and avarice for sense gratification. The balanced mode of nature is goodness. The balanced mode of nature is goodness. And to be completely freed from all material tinges is to become freed from the mode of goodness also. To search the audience of God in a lonely forest is considered to be in the mode of goodness. One can go out into the forest to attain spiritual perfection, but that does not mean that one can see the Lord personally there. One can go out into the forest to attain spiritual perfection, but that does not mean that one can see the Lord personally there. One must be completely freed from all material attachment and be situated on the plane of transcendence, which alone will help the devotee get in personal touch with the personality of Godhead. The best method is that one should live at a place where the transcendental form of the Lord is worshipped, like here in Radhakala Chanjidam. The temple of the Lord is a transcendental place, whereas the forest is a materially good habitation. A neophyte devotee is always recommended to worship the deity of the Lord, Archana, rather than go into the forest to search out the Lord. Devotional service begins from the process of Archana, which is better than going out in the forest. In his present life, which is completely freed from all material hankerings, 
Sri Narayanamuni does not go into the forest, although he can turn every place into Vaikuntha by his presence only. Excuse me. Sri Narayanamuni does not go into the forest, although he can turn every place into Vaikuntha by his presence only. He travels from one planet to another to convert men, gods, kinaras, gandharvas, rishis, munis, and all others to become devotees of the Lord. By his activities, he has engaged many devotees like Prahlad Maharaj, Dhruva Maharaj, and many others in the transcendental service of the Lord. A pure devotee of the Lord, therefore, follows in the footsteps of the great devotees like Narada and Prahalad and engages his whole time in glorifying the Lord by the process of kirtan. Such a preaching process is transcendental to all material qualities. A pure devotee of the Lord, therefore, follows in the footsteps of the great devotees like Narada and Pallad and engages his whole time in glorifying the Lord by the process of kirtan. Such a preaching process is transcendental to all material qualities. Nama Om Vishnu Paraya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Swamani Tanamani Namaste Saraswati Devam Gaudavani Prachanine Nirvishesheshunivari Prashtata Deshtani Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shivasari Gaudavakta Vinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. O Narada, the Lord spoke, I regret that during this lifetime you will not be able to see me anymore. Those who are incomplete in service and who are not completely freed from all material taints can hardly see me. <clears throat> so, Narada Muni is exemplifying the process of devotional service. He was trained by the Bhaktivedantas, the pure devotees, in hearing and chanting, and he got to take their prasadam. He spent a lot of time with them, and he imbibed their transcendental mode of devotional service. Even though he was a young boy, he was not frivolous, as described. So, because Krishna can only be approached by those who are pure on the spiritual platform, uh, therefore the Lord has appeared here in these temples in the material world and has incarnated in the Archa Vigraha form, the deity form, so that He can accept our service and so that we can meditate on him uh, in his different forms, Shishi Gornitai, Shishi Radha Govinda, Shishi Radha Kalachanji, Jagannath Baladev Subhadra. Because by meditating upon them and trying to please them by service, our hearts become more and more freed from this tinge of materiality that it says here. There's no trace of 
There's no tinge of materiality in Krishna's person. And thus one who has the slightest tinge of material affection cannot approach him. So, there are nine processes of devotional service which we make contact with the Lord. Uh, Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu. Shravanam, Kirtanam means hearing and chanting about Krishna. Then, Vishnu Smarnam. Vishnu Smarnam means then we begin to remember Krishna. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu. Smarnam, Padasevanam means to serve the lotus feet of the deity. Padasevanam, Archanam, the deity worship. Uh, so the, the, the whole process of devotional service, Archanam, Vandanam, prayers, Dashyam, to become a servant, Sakyam, to become the friend of the Lord, Atmanivedanam, to be completely surrendered. All these processes of devotional service are available to us just by coming to the temple and by engaging in the mission of the spiritual master and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, material consciousness in the Bhagavad Gita, there's three modes of material nature, the mode of goodness, the mode of passion, the mode of ignorance. The mode of passion is great longing and desire for something of this material world. So much hankering. We have to have something. We want and we have to have it. Uh, the mode of ignorance is excessive intoxicants, sleeping. One doesn't know what to do or what not to do. Um, not clean. So, in the mode of ignorance, there's no way to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Because we're just, our consciousness is just too far from the spiritual consciousness. The mode of passion, <clears throat> a little better. But still, great hankering and intense passion for things, enjoyment of this material world. Uh, the mode of goodness, however, purifies one of uh, kama and lobha, uh, lust and greed, covetousness, uh, and desires for sense gratification, and greed for sense gratification. So Prabhupada saying here, the balanced mode of goodness, the balanced mode of nature is goodness. Uh, but to become even more advanced, we try to come to the mode of goodness, but then we try to, by association of the process of devotional service and by association of the Lord, we contact pure goodness, Vasudev. Like we say, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Vasudev means one who is pure. So Krishna is the most pure. His name we call him Vasudev. Vasudev Krishna. <coughs> So all the devotees, they spend their lives like Narada, like all the acharyas, in the process of devotional service to get free from the mode of ignorance and the mode of passion. And Srila Prabhupada specifically mentions in different places 
many, many times, that in order to transcend the mode of ignorance and the mode of passion, one has to get up early in the morning and attend Mangal Arati. Prabhupada says this so many times. So I'm guilty of neglecting that and being in the modes of material nature. But coming to the temple during the early hours, it means that the time, <clears throat> an hour and a half or so, two mahurtas before sunrise, that's the time when Mangalartika is there. That's the most auspicious time. Krishna himself would even get up at this time. And as nature has arranged, when you live in the country and there's animals running around, there's chickens. So roosters naturally go off at the right. They, they crow. They, they, what do they call it? Crow. The, uh, when, they, when they make their call, it's at Mangalartika time. So there wasn't even, a, you didn't have to have alarm clocks. The, the roosters would wake everybody up, right? Right at Mangalarti time to get up in the morning. So, and when you go to Vrindavan, like nowadays, there are people who walk through the streets with gongs. Gong, 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 like at 3.30 in the morning, waking everybody up for Mangalarti. So there in Vrindavan, Besides the roosters, you have wonderful devotees who are walking around playing gongs early in the morning to get people out of bed early so they can worship the Supreme Lord in the Mongol Arctic. Uh, so Srila Prabhupada, he, you know, in his daily life, he would take rest at around 10 and get up at midnight and start translating. So Prabhupada definitely was not in the modes of material nature. He was definitely transcendental. And he explains here in the last verse that um, a pure devotee of the Lord therefore follows in the footsteps of the great devotees like Narada and Prahlada and engages his whole time in glorifying the Lord by the process of kirtan. Such a preaching process is transcendental to all material qualities. So Srila Prabhupada, very, you know, he, he, he kind of, you know, forced the devotees. He was very, very forceful about them getting up and going to Mangalarti. If they slept in, like when he was with Chitsukananda one time, they went and did some preaching program and the devotees slept in. Prabhupada went in and chastised everybody for sleeping. Because he he knew that we're we're in the mode of ignorance and in the mode of passion just because we're here in the material world. We're not in the mode of goodness just because we're you know even we think we're devotees we're you know oh yeah I'm a, you know I'm a devotee but if we but if we don't show the symptoms of being free from lust and material desires then that means we're also still being affected by the mode of ignorance and the mode of passion. So the advanced devotees, they don't have these qualities, as Prabhupada's saying here. And you see, when you go around the world to the different temples, specifically when you go to Vrindavan, such an amazing morning program there with Shishi Radhe Sundar and Krishna Balaram and Shishi Gornatai. 
It's such a powerful transcendental place. It's Vrindavan Dham, so it's already completely transcendental there. Uh, the atmosphere is eternal, full of knowledge and bliss. So when you go there to worship the Lord, then you even get the added benefit of being in a transcendental place. So when Prabhupada used to encourage the devotees to go to these places every year even to recharge their batteries and get purified. and So it's very necessary to for us if we want to actually someday see Krishna and actually go back to the spiritual world to get out of the mode of ignorance and the mode of passion and to absorb ourselves in what this process is being described here. Uh, the forest is being compared to as a place of the mode of goodness because many yogis and different people go to the forest because it's very peaceful. And in the peacefulness of the forest, it's very easy to meditate on the Lord. It's not difficult. Uh, but when you go to Vrindavan in comparison, it's so easy to meditate on Krishna there in Vrindavan because everywhere you go, what do people say? Radhe Radhe Jai Sri Radhe. I was uh, we were taking a rickshaw to go to Radhakund, and uh, there was this nice guy driving the motorized rickshaw, right? Those speedy ones, those motorized ones. And uh, I was traveling with this sannyasi and uh, going to Nitai Chen Prabhu's house, and we asked the the rickshaw driver, what his name was. We asked him, because he spoke a little English, what is your name? Radhe Radhe. And we said, no, no. We know everybody says Radhe Radhe, but what's your name? And he goes, Radhe Radhe. <laughs> so you go to Vrindavan and you get surrounded by all this transcendental energy and you feel like it's so easy to chant Hare Krishna there and to get up and worship the Lord there. But here in the West, it's not like that. We're fighting against all the opposite things. We're fighting against atheism, materialism, this ism and that ism, and the horrible uh, traffic and drunk drivers and all kinds of materially motivated billboards. They have to see all the time when you're driving. So the, this, this, this material world infuses us with the mode of ignorance and the mode of passion. That's the goal of material society, actually, is to promote the mode of passion and material desire. Consumerism, right? We have to work hard so we can consume we have to want, we have to, we're being pushed to have material desires and to be successful materially. But in Vrindavan, you see this wonderful, you know, eagerness of the devotees to want to see the Lord. You go to all the different temples for the different artiques. You go to see Govardhan Hill and walk around Govardhan Hill and you go to all the different beautiful places of Krishna's pastimes and have kirtans there and take prasadam and hear the pastimes of the places. So, 
it, it, it gives us like enthusiasm to practice in the forests of Vrindavan particularly. So when we speak about forests, we want to go to Vrindavan, Talavan, Bahulavan, all the different wonderful places where Krishna had his pastimes and go see the beautiful deity forms there and worship the, the Lord there. So because we can't always go there, uh, Srila Prabhupada established so many temples and different, his disciples established so many temples all over the world. So we can come and actually get relief from the modes of material nature because Prabhupada said the, tra- the temple is transcendental. So what is not transcendental about this temple? Every picture is of some beautiful temple, beautiful Radha Krishna paintings everywhere. Srila Prabhupada and his books are here, Shishi Radha Kalachanji. So we have this beacon of transcendence here in this horrible city of Dallas. Uh, it's even more horrible now. So many people are moving here. The traffic's like ten times worse than it used to be just a couple of years ago. It's like it's like being in L.A. now. The traffic is so bad. It's so polluted. But here we have this amazing temple that Prabhupada is glorifying here so that we can somehow associate here by following the process of devotional service and get out of the modes of nature and become happy. And gradually, gradually uh, come to the platform like Narada Muni, where he sat down to meditate with love and with affection in his heart. And that affection attracted the Lord. The Lord's not attracted by material affection. The Lord's attracted by spiritual affection for Him and His devotees. So we worship our spiritual master. We offer respects to the devotees. We feed the devotees. We have kirtan with the devotees. We take prasadam with the devotees. We hear about Krishna with the devotees. So our affection has to be with the devotees. And by rendering service to Radhakala Chenji with the devotees, our affection for Radhakala Chenji increases, and our affection for the devotees and our spiritual master increases. And just like Krishna's appearing here in the incarnation of Radhakala Chenji, when we offer obeisances and worship and serve our spiritual master, that love that we have for the Vaishnavas, for our spiritual master, that's, that's the same as love for Krishna. Krishna accepts that as love for himself. So we must engage in the service of our gurus and must develop love for them and for the, for the Vaishnavas. And then Krishna is very pleased. We can't be envious of the Vaishnavas we can't be jealous of the Vaishnavas. Yeah, we can't underestimate the potency of serving the Vaishnavas and serving the Lord. Um, like Narada Muni, that's what he did. He served the Vaishnavas. He listened to them speak about the Lord and he took prasadam with them, took their prasadam, their remnants.
Hmm. Didn't he mention that in the material world, our envy brought us here, and our envy will keep us here. So, to serve the devotees and to serve the guru, just like Tamal Krishna Goswami, he was really heavy with some people, and he was really intense, but he was so transcendental. So, but we understand when it means to serve somebody, it means to serve all of them, you know. We don't just like pick and choose. We have to serve the devotees with their particular qualities and surrender to the guru like that. They may have a quality like he was heavy and this and that, but hey, but we see that the person's transcendental. Whatever qualities they have, we have to surrender to those, to that service and learn to appreciate them with all of their qualities. So that way we, we're surrendered. Uh, Gurudev gave a class one time and said, you can come here and you can pray to Krishna and you can like, oh Krishna, I love you so much. But Krishna won't chastise you. But the Guru will chastise you. Right? He'll tell you, no, you're nonsense. What are you doing? Straighten yourself up. So Gurudev also, you know, and our spiritual masters, we, they would get chastised. He would chastise us sometimes if we made mistakes. And we're like, thank you. I'm full of mistakes. I'm full of ignorance. When we get chastised, it's very purifying. Uh, it's actually considered to be more merciful, obviously, to be chastised than to be glorified. It's described in the, that the Guru's Duty is to chastise. Prabhupada writes this in different places. The duty of the guru is to chastise the disciple. That way the t- disciple will get purified. So we need, we need, uh, the affection of the guru and the Vaishnavas to chastise us for our, our difficulties and problems and our ignorance and their love also. It's not that there's only one thing, but we need that's why these books are, are they're chastising us because we're in ignorance and they're saying we have to get out of this ignorance. So the books are really important because they, they try and straighten us out. Look, you want to take birth again for millions more lifetimes or do you want to get out? And that's what Prabhupada's saying in these purports that this materialism is going to continue to make us suffer only suffer. Material world only provides, on this planet, it only provides pain and suffering. Our bodies get old and have all kinds of problems. And that makes us suffer like anything. So, Krishna consciousness is the opposite. It helps us become happy. So, it makes us become happy. It's, it, it has to. The nature of Krishna is that he's blissful all the time. We're not blissful all the time. Because <laughs> we're absorbed materially on some levels. Not, a, we're, But we're trying. But it's, the material world's miserable. There is, it's, but when you associate and meditate on Krishna, then all of a sudden you look at Kalachanji's beautiful lotus face, and you, and here in the temple room, the transcendental atmosphere, 
Just looking at Kala Chenji's face, there's nothing more sweet than that beautiful face of Kala Chenji and his beautiful lotus feet. He's so sweet. You have to be happy just to see him. Because there's nobody more beautiful than Krishna, right? Anyway, any questions or comments? Prabhupada, uh, when this last, I read it already, but the great devotees, the pure devotee follows in the footsteps of Prahlad and Narada, engaged this whole time in glorifying Lord by the process of kirtan. Prabhupada's kirtan was translating these books also in his preaching. Preaching is also kirtan. Because it means you're speaking about Krishna. So Srila Prabhupada gave that example. He was always, always, when he wasn't translating, he was preaching to the devotees, or preaching to guests, or giving class, or studying, or singing bhajans, which is kirtan. Any questions, Mataji? You always have a good question. Huh? Yeah, it's a wonderful verse, isn't it? Gosh, it's amazing. These verses and purports are so wonderful. Here is God-realization. Narada Muni's become God-realized. Directly. Krishna is speaking to him now. So where else can you get God-realization from? No, what's his name? George Harrison was like, one of his songs. What about a little God realization for a change? <laughs> you know, it's like we're you know we're 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 speaking for myself. I'm a complete neophyte person, but just the fact that we're being offered an opportunity to become God realized. No, where else do you find where anybody else doing that? Prabhupada said that there's no institution in this world that teaches one about God-realization, how to become God-realized. He established the only institution, of course his spiritual master established the Gaudiya Mat, and Lord Chaitanya's followers. The prophet said, this is the only institution where you can actually learn and become God-realized. So, it takes qualification, and the qualification here is to become purified. That's the... So our process is that of purification. Chanting 16 rounds. And we're, every morning we sing this prayer, how to, how to become free from the ten offenses. Prabhupada said that our chanting 16 rounds can have quality if we chant without offense. So we want to advance so we have to be very attentive in our chanting. Very attentive. We have to be completely attentive, trying to chant our rounds better today than yesterday. And it's very difficult, but we have to try and chant better than we, you know, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to, mind is going to wander, going to think about so many things. We have to try and bringing the mind back and chant Hare Krishna with great attention and avoid the other offenses. But inattentiveness 
is like the foundation of the other offenses. Because if you're spaced out and you're not even paying attention, then you're not really even, you know what I mean? You miss the point kind of, you know, we miss it. We're spaced out doing this and that. But no, we have to like completely concentrate on chanting. And sometimes we can't. Sometimes we're just so out of it that we have to just distract ourselves with something else just to try and get our rounds done. It's very difficult. Been there and done that a million times. And then also trying to chant, you know, all different times of the day, you know, and hopefully we can concentrate, you know. We have to try and chant our rounds. Like Prophet said, Grihasas, they can chant, like, you know, they should chant like eight rounds in the morning, eight rounds at lunch, and, excuse me, eight rounds in the morning, four rounds at lunch, four rounds at dinner. So as a Grihasta, we have a lot of different responsibilities. So it's difficult. But at least try and give proper time. That's our goal, is to give proper time to our chanting. We may not be able to do that because we're, we have so many things to do and we get distracted. We've all been there. We've all, as Grihasas, we know how hard it is to even chant around sometimes. If we're sick or whatever, it becomes very, very difficult. So this, these verses show us the, the higher standard that we have to aspire to. We can't artificially become Haridas Thakur and chant 24 hours a day. You know, we have to deal with what we have to deal with. Um, but, you know, gradually, gradually we can try and do some things to improve ourselves, you know. We can try to get up a little earlier or come to the temple for Mangalarati and chant rounds in the temple if we can. If we can't, you know, everybody knows it's hard to get up and do the morning program and you feel tired afterwards if you stay for the whole thing and if you go to work, sometimes you're too tired. So it's really a balance. It's very difficult. It's a real balance to try to, to do everything properly. But at least we gotta keep trying. It's the good fight. It's the good fight. You know, we're trying to do something to please the guru. We're trying to do something to some do some kind of service to keep us connected so that we can, you know, advance somewhat on some level. Every little effort we make, Krishna appreciates that. It's not that we're just stuck here in the modes and there's no love, you know, there's no hope. No, there's plenty of hope. Every time we do any kind of little service... Krishna reciprocates. He says, as you surrender to me, I reciprocate. And we all feel that. Whenever we try a little bit, Krishna reciprocates. So there's plenty of hope. We just, you know, these are just the highest ideals as is described here. And, you know, it takes time to, for us to, you know, gradually make advancement. But here are the, you know, it's just being encouraged because Narada Muni is so advanced. Uh, that this wonderful story is being told to Vyasadeva. And we get to see, oh, wow, this is amazing. This is how Narada Muni became God-realized. Any, any other questions or comments? Nico?
So the question is, what would Prabhupada say about people who are more worried about other people than themselves and being distracted like that? Prabhupada one time gave advice. <clears throat> of course, you know, that's neophyte. That means we're real neophyte devotees. We're just, because we're still absorbed in material consciousness. So the only solution is to become Krishna conscious. So how do you start to become Krishna conscious to where that stuff becomes transcended? You have to learn how to transcend that. You have to learn... The problem is here in the material world, we don't think that we're very sick. We think we're okay. We're satisfied being in ignorance and passion. And we think that we're okay and that we're better than everybody else. So we don't even know we're sick. We don't even know that we're completely fallen and that we've been here for billions of lifetimes. We don't even know. We're so ignorant. We don't even know that we're sick and that we're, we've been taking birth after birth after birth. So one has to hear about Krishna. One has to take up the process of hearing about Krishna. And then when one chants Hare Krishna mantra, it takes up japa. One half, Prabhupada told this one devotee, we have to force ourselves to chant. Because our minds are belligerently against transcendence because we're in the modes of nature. So we have to have faith that Krishna is transcendental and that originally we're transcendental, we're not, you know, as a spirit soul. So Prabhupada said, you know, force yourself. And then he said also, you know, Urjaswal used to tell me that it was important that everybody do some kind of service every day, no matter how small, but commit to doing some service every day. Because by doing some service, Krishna gradually reveals himself to us, you know. If people are not inspired by their own Krishna consciousness, then they're just going to do whatever every materialistic person's doing. They're going to be envious. They're going to talk about others. They're going to be... You know, that's just natural. That's just the material world. You know, I criticize you. You criticize me, Prabhupada said. That's the nature of the material world. Everybody does that. It's called Gramya Katar, village talk. So the only way to transcend it is to replace it with something higher. You can't stop talking about something. Can't stop anything, but you can replace it. So I wanted to quote this verse early and didn't think about it during the purport. But there was the great king Ambarish Maharaj. We heard about him the other day, right? It was yesterday. Rupanuga Prabhu mentioned how he uh, had an interaction with uh, Durvasa Muni. But there's a there's a quotation: "Savai mana Krishna padara vindo vajunta vaikunta gunana varnane." I can't remember the whole verse. But Maj Ambarish, I'm trying to find it here because it probably quotes it. 
Marsh Ambarish used his legs to walk to the temple. He used his head to bow down in front of the deities. He used his sense of smell to smell the flowers offered to the Lord and the incense offered to the Lord. He used his sense of sight to see the Lord and the devotees. He used his sense of touch to offer obeisances and touch the devotees. If, uh, he used his tongue. Here it is. Savai mana Krishna padara vindayo vachangsha vaikunta gunana varnane karer harer mandira marjana dishu shrutim chakara chuta satkato daye mukunda lingalaya darshane drisho tadbritya gatra sparsha singa changamam grihanam chatat parasaroja sorabe shimatulasya rasanam tararpite pado harir ketra pada nusarpane shiro hrishikesha pada divandane kamam chadashe natutat kamakamyaya yatotamashluka janashraya rati King Ambarish fixed his mind on the lotus feet of Lord Krishna, engaged his words in describing the abode of the Lord, his hands in cleansing the temple of the Lord, his ears in hearing the pastimes of the Lord, his eyes in seeing the form of the Lord, his body in touching the body of the devotee, his nostrils in smelling the flavor of flowers offered to the lotus feet of the Lord, his tongue in tasting the tulsi leaves offered to the Lord, his legs in traveling to the holy place where his temple is situated, and his head in offering obeisances to the Lord, and his desires in fulfilling the desires of the Lord. And all those qualifications made him fit to become a Matpara devotee of the Lord. So, the only solution to being in the material world and being in material consciousness is to replace it with the process of devotional service, which is very practical. We just read Marjambarish. We got to see how practical it is. So, that's the only solution. People have to decide on their own. With good association, they can be inspired to make that choice. They have to hear. That's why you have to hear about Krishna from devotees. Lord Chaitanya's devotees and Lord Chaitanya himself, just by looking at everybody, they became purified. And by hearing Lord Chaitanya would engage everyone in kirtan. Kirtan is so powerful. Because when you loudly chant the holy names, it infuses your whole being with the potency of the holy name and the potencies of Krishna. 
the Krishna, all the potencies of the Lord are in His holy name. So the purification potencies are there. So when we chant loudly, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, and absorb ourselves in kirtan, then we get purified. And we can, you know, it gives us strength to want to engage in Krishna's service. Chanting Hare Krishna awakens the desire to want to serve. So the more enthusiastically we chant Hare Krishna and hear about Krishna, the more we'll want to serve because that's the natural desire of the soul to fulfill the desires of the Lord. What are the Lord's desires? Lord's desire is that we maintain this temple, that we cook for Him, that we do wonderful deity worship for Him and take care of Him, that we distribute His mercy in the form of prasadam and books and try and help the other souls of this material world who are rotting here, taking birth after birth like we are, to help each other, to be humble and help each other spread Krishna consciousness. And by doing that, we get more infused and purified because the Lord's pleased. When the Lord's pleased, He gives us the strength. Why shouldn't He? He wants us to get out of this material world. We're the ones that want to stay here. Krishna doesn't want us to stay here. He's enjoying Himself in spiritual in the spiritual world. Where they're in ecstasy, like Narada Muni's experiencing this ocean of bliss. They're living like that. We're living in the oceans of suffering. You know? Always. Oh, COVID. Oh no, you're going to die. That's suffering. Everybody's paranoid. Stop being paranoid. Start glorifying Krishna. Right? Start doing kirtan. Start hearing about Krishna. Then you don't have to worry about COVID anymore. Whether it comes or doesn't come, who cares? It's like, I mean, not that we don't care, obviously. I'm not going to say that. But we have to care about our spiritual lives. And then we won't be affected by the fear that is ever, that everybody else is absorbed in, you know, and polluting the atmosphere with all this fear. Kali Yuga, it is polluted. The atmosphere is polluted by ignorance and fear. But here in the temple and hearing and chanting about Krishna... The atmosphere is infused with transcendental happiness. So we have to replace our mundane suffering conditions by replacing with blissful activities of kirtan and hearing and chanting and eating prasadam. Long answer to your question, but there's different ways to look at everything and answer it. That's just, you know... So that's our business, is to encourage people to hear about Krishna, chant Hare Krishna, take prasadam, do kirtan, read Prabhupada's books, come and take darshan of the Lord. The temple's open now for everybody. Now you can come and take darshan and go to kirtan. Wow, thank you. Is there any, are there any Mongol sweets? We're going to go to El Paso today. Can we take all of them with us? <laughs> Not to take away anybody's prasadam, but we can distribute them to the devotees in El Paso. They'll greatly relish them. And war is. 
going this weekend to go do some preaching. Get ready for Gor Pranim, which is the following weekend on the 28th. So, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the most merciful incarnation. He doesn't accept the offenses. We read about Jagannath Das Babaji, I think, the other day. He was like 144 or something when he left his body. Something huge. He was so old. And he was saying, in, in this age, to glorify, to do Gora Kirtan, a Kirtan glorifying Lord Chaitanya is so powerful. And then he said, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasari There's so many beautiful songs glorifying Lord Chaitanya, begging for his mercy. Prabhupada sang all those beautiful songs. Parama Karuna Paundvijana. Prabhupada used to cry. He went in Atlanta and they got this huge, beautiful Gornatai there. <clears throat> Prabhupada sang Parama Karuna. He broke into tears. It was an ecstasy how merciful Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda were. <clears throat> so Lord Chaitanya's process of kirtan is what's going to save us. And, you know, we get moted out and forget, but we have to come back and remember. It's like, well, Krishna, because the modes of nature are so strong, we immediately forget what it's like, and we just become reabsorbed in our suffering. But then when we come to the temple and we chant and do kirtan, all of a sudden we're like, wow. That's what I experienced this last week. I, I hadn't come to the morning program for a long time here at the temple. And when I started coming to Mangalartic, I was so shocked and pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh my gosh. It's so rejuvenating and so powerful getting up early and chanting and doing kirtan here. It's it's like, it's mind-blowing. I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot what it was like. I couldn't remember what the experience was like because it's been a long time. I've been chanting Hare Krishna still and hearing about Krishna, but it's a whole other thing coming in here and getting up early and coming to do kirtan for Radhikala Chanji. It's so powerful. You know, I thought, here I am. I'm doing okay. I'm chanting my rounds. I'm hearing about Krishna and blah, blah, blah trying to do some, come here and do this, it's like, whoa, man, this is a whole another wonderful experience, right? This is what made us devotees. This is what made us devotees, getting up from Mongol Artik, chanting our rounds with Gurudev here in the temple, all the devotees. This temple room used to be packed in the mornings because Tamal Krishna Goswami was here and he was like making sure everybody got up in the morning. Uh, to chant the rounds with him and here in the temple room. We would sit in here and chant with everybody. And I was out of it for a few days. I forget what was going on. And I came to the temple and, wow, thank you so much. You're an ocean of mercy here, Mother Vishupriya. Everybody's going to be in total ecstasy. Huh? Oh, thank you. So, Tamal Krishnamaraj, he saw me come in and I had been gone for, I don't know what was going on. I was, I can't remember the circumstances, but I wasn't coming to the morning program. I was sick or something. I can't remember. But then after the third day, he goes, just see, Chaitanya, from the mode of ignorance to the mode of passion in three days. No, from the mode of ignorance to the mode of goodness in three days. <laughs> it was really funny. It was encouraging. It was like, just see. 
You're in the mode of ignorance, but now you've come to the morning program for three days. Now you're already in the mode of goodness. And I was like, it was funny, you know. It's like I always remember that. Of course, I don't, you know. So, anyway, Hare Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam, Kijai, Srila Prabhupada, Kijai, Srila Gurudev, Kijai, Shishi, Radha, Kalachanji, Bhagavan, Ki, Mahaprasadam, Ki, Go Premanandi, Hari Hari Bull.